Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is another awesome week for another awesome podcast. We have just had such an amazing roster of amazing entrepreneurs doing incredible stuff. So who is next to know about? I am so excited to share my exciting guests. But before we do that, I want to give my standard marketing tip. I want to talk about some self-care with all the coronavirus stuff going around. Um, By the time you guys hear this podcast, hopefully the coronavirus will be over. Uh, But I think the main takeaway is to really figure out boundaries, what you want to dedicate your time to, and really taking self-care seriously, like really making time for yourself in every day because health is so important. And if you are not healthy and not feeling your best, then how can you be your best and attract your best self to your ideal clientele, to people you're meeting on a regular basis, to your family members, to your friends, all the above. Um, So wanted to talk about self-care, I guess, first today. Uh, But anyway, my marketing tip of the day. So today I have an amazing copywriter. I consider her a comedian. I'm so honored to work with Judy. She's so awesome. I've attended many of her pepper lanes. We work together on a few different things. But um, she just talks about all the benefits of copywriting and grammar and all the different things. So my marketing tip today is to really think about how you're coming across in your messaging online, on your website, on your social media presence, on your blog. It is very, very important to make sure that it doesn't sound like you are too salesy. It's not personalized. It's not really coming out authentic to how you speak to people. Um, I do think, of course, when, when it comes to writing, there are things that just need to be critiqued because you don't want it to sound like you're speaking it wants to come off a little bit more professional but you also don't want to lose your authenticity behind your messaging so Judy is so great for that couldn't say more amazing things about her so who is Judy 411 So Judy's a storyteller and writing problem solver. She helps business owners get their story out of their head onto the page and out into the world. Whether it's copy or developing your social media message and or content, she is passionate about your business message and keeping the brand true to form and function. She is there to help you spotlight your ideal messaging. So if you are looking for one rock star, Judy is one to know. I'm so excited to bring her on to the podcast, get ready for some laughs, some inspirations, and where you should be following her for some latest updates. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Everybody. Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene. I have such an exciting guest today. I'm so excited to have, uh, for all of you guys, get to know her if you don't know her yet. Copywriter and communications expert Judy McLaughlin, who is also known as Judy411. Hi, Judy. How are you today? Hi, Jackie. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my God. So happy to have you. You are such a rock star. I am really excited for my guests to get to know the real Judy411 today. I'm happy to show myself to the world. I love it. I mean, this is, you are debuting all over Facebook Live these days. I mean, and Instagram TV, everybody's got to follow you for sure. So yeah, it's pretty crazy out there that the whole video aspect of things was really hard for me to get on board with because I felt like I'm a writer. People just follow my words. And then people pointed out, you know, they really need to see you in the full, you know, as close to 3D as possible. You know, you are your brand. And it's funny because I often say that to my clients. I'm like, you are your brand. You have to be out there. And here I was, the cobbler's, um, there's that saying, the cobbler's children have no shoes. Well, the cobbler was running around barefoot at my house. Um, (laughs) I wasn't even taking my... No, it's true, though. um, I I, I, kind of... It was almost like on a dare that someone said to me, just do one, just do one, you know, one video, put it out there in the world and just see what happens. And I said, okay, fine. And it just so happened that it was a full moon on the first time that I did um, a video and it, I did it on a Friday. So I decided right then and there that it was going to become the Judy 411 Friday update. And that happens on Fridays around 10 a.m., depending on when I have clients and such. I, I try to get it done on a Friday. It's usually in the morning. But that first video was basically me 
warning everybody that it was a full moon and be careful out there. And, um, you know, it was kind of in the spirit of um, thoughts and prayers. We never know what is going to hit us on the full moon and um, just how crazy people can get. And, you know, it was a lot of my signature phrases. Like, I, I'm a big one on um, hide your wife, hide your kids. There's a full moon coming is one of the <laughs> things that you say throw out there in the universe. But it was just kind of funny that I said, oh, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And then people just couldn't get enough of it. People were, like, stopping me in the grocery store and saying, when are you going to do another video? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, do another video. I'm like, okay. And someone said, you should talk about punctuation. And I'm like, okay, fine. So that became the Tuesday uh, grammar video update, and which is also appearing with my um, Word Nerd Wednesday Instagram post. And like in every video now, I mean, you also have your punctuation grammar mugs, which we have to talk about for a second. Yes. They're amazing. They are amazing. I love them so much. And they always make their debut. Yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) This came in the mail today. I just put it up on my Instagram, uh, on my Instagram story and my Facebook story. um, I just got a new Oxford comma t-shirt that says, you can have my Oxford comma when you pry it from my cold dead and lifeless hands and the Oxford comma is written in red to highlight it so that's something out there in the universe right now I love it yeah everybody needs to go like that post and leave a comment because Judy's amazing okay so let's talk about Judy 411 who is Judy 411 and how did you come up with this creative awesome name well it's so funny because that the Judy 411 phenomenon is really related to this phenomenon that happens out in the world where I could be anywhere and I'm always a person selected from total strangers who want directions or ask me to take their photo in front of, you know, some kind of tourist spot or just ask me if I know what time it is or like, it's always, it's always me. And I could be in one of my signature things. I wear these giant Jackie O sunglasses and I'm often wearing like a hoodie. And I feel like I'm walking out in the world in in giving this outward message that I just want to be kind of left to my own devices, but people don't read it that way. And I guess there's an aura about me that people find me to be the world's most approachable woman. And lo and behold, almost every question that comes my way, I somehow have the information about. So my friend Dan Bolt, um, turn this into, he said, you know, you are kind of a walking, talking information booth. You're like Judy 411. And I know that that 411 phrase is a little lost on certain generations, but it goes back to, and I'm sure you know this, Jackie, um, when you used to be able to call up on the phone, the, literally the number's 411, and get someone's phone number or their address. Right. Or, I think you the times have get, changed, like, Judy, time. right? Oh, my God, times are so different now. Now they find Judy 411 on the street and get that information. <laughs> Right, and now it's just funny because people will turn to me and they're like, well, you have the 411 on that, and I actually use that as, you know, it's my shorthand, so I have the info on that. Right. And it just turns out that I have a lot of info about a lot of things because I've been very lucky to live a very interesting life. I know, and Um, if you guys see her logo, I just want to talk about your logo. The colors and everything really makes it feel like the old school 411. I love it. Love it. It's awesome. It does. It's awesome, and I I have to give a to the graphic designer who did that. Her name is Cindy Regan, and she, I, and I love the buttons on that logo too, don't get me wrong, but what still blows me away every time that I look at that logo is that the signature, like my signature of Judy, is I, almost identical to my actual penmanship, and Cindy had never seen my penmanship before when she created that logo. And it just felt so magical when she came to me and, and brought me that draft. I was like, oh my God, this is like literally something like I, I, that's how I write my name. So right. it was, it was just so in the four one one piece of it, it was just so well done. I just love that whole logo and the bright orange. Um, it's hard to miss me in a crowd. Kind of speaks to that phenomenon too. So like all of it, you know, as soon as I hand it to people, there's something that very much resonates with people, regardless of their age or where they're from. And um, it's it just one of those things that people, even my family in Ireland, my husband is from Donegal, even my um, my nieces and nephews all refer to me as Auntie 411. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's special right there. Yeah. I love that. Pretty hilarious. So, okay. I mean, it is, it's just that it's, 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 
the nickname that stuck, and I decided to just adopt it and embrace it and make it as part of my brand. I mean, it's it's great. It's fantastic. It could not suit you more, which also leads into something that you do on a regular basis, which is copywriting, because you are the 411 when it comes to writing a profile polish and editing all the things that people need. So tell us yes, all about, yes. like, how did you fall into copywriting? So the copywriting was an interesting development. Um, I went to UMass Boston, and I was an English major, but I did not want to go down the, the literature path, so I, they had actually a professional writing program at the time that I was there, and that's when I ended up getting my degree in was professional writing, and I felt like that was going to be a little more practical application for me in the world. Um, I love me some Chaucer. We all know that's another thing I post about on my, uh, my social media accounts and stuff, but... I'm really fascinated by just the written word and the history of words and linguistics in general. And when I graduated from UMass Boston, I didn't go directly into like a direct writing type of job. I ended up working in finance, but every job that I've ever held has always turned into me becoming the de facto writing expert. Somehow, no matter where I am at work, people are like, Judy, can you read this email and make sure it sounds good or is this comma supposed to go here, or how do I use this apostrophe, or is this okay? Or just you know, down from the, the technical matters of things to even the larger things of like how do we want to present this very incendiary topic to people, or how do we you know manage this crisis that we're that's happening? Like there was always some kind of matter that came up that was writing related that was directed toward me, right. and. And it, so it just kind of grew very organically. But, you know, I spent a lot of time working in finance, and then I migrated into working um, as a paralegal. And what I found so much, what the fun I found in being a paralegal was, first of all, I didn't have to be the lawyer. That was, I think the paralegals have way more fun than the attorneys do. <laughs> and what I loved about it was that I got to do a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. And the writing I was able to do really helped these attorneys in their cases. So it was very much a technical writing type of um, work that I was doing. But at the same time, I, I was also writing a lot of personal stories, like on the side, kind of like in the dark. <laughs> and I wasn't really sharing them with the world. So that was kind of happening, like, as I like to say, under the cover of darkness um, or sometimes just in my office. Um, so I've always been writing. I've always been very drawn to the written word and and how to craft a good message and how to deliver a good punchline and all of all the great things, all the, the, the technical aspects of writing. I find all of it just so fascinating. And I finally got to a point in my career where I felt like I, I'm not using this in the way that I find the most fun. And I felt like copywriting was really something in some ways I kind of have always been doing always promoting something in some way, shape, or form. And I had this opportunity to try and just launch it out on my own in the universe. I said, I'm going to seize it. I'm going to do it. And that was about a year ago. And I have had the most fun I've ever had working in my life. <laughs> it really is just such a fun way to interact with people and help them craft a message that tells their business story or addresses a particular need. There are just so many opportunities to, to help people, and frankly, just tell their story. No, and that's, that's so true. And all came together. I mean, everybody loves a good story. You mm -hmm. know, we're, we're completely glued to them. I mean, isn't it, you know, in social media too, do you see my story today? And everybody's drawn to the fact that the, the subject matter of stories. Right. And so it's I, so true. I'm a natural born storyteller. Why not bring it into a way that I can actually make a living doing it? So that's right. what I'm doing now. Can I ask a copyright question that has recently come up to me numerous times? I was like, I'm totally going to ask Judy this on the podcast because I feel like she'd laugh about it and I feel like people will totally relate. So when you use right. quotation marks, okay, yes. does the period yes. go, let's say you're finishing the sentence, does the period go inside the quotation marks or outside? when the sentence okay. is finished. All right. So generally speaking, for me, I, I usually put it inside the quotation mark. Okay. And I have discovered that 
this is largely driven by style. And when I say style, I mean like style books or whatever the particular, like for instance, certain publishing houses will have a call, well, they call a style book and they'll say, we always do X when this comes up. Um, I think generally speaking in British English, they go outside the quotation marks. But in American English, they go inside the quotation marks. That's hysterical. Mark. Like, talk about culture differences, right? Oh, my there's God. really, there's so many things. And even within American writing, like, I, I was just talking about this with somebody today, about the Oxford comma. Yes, it does come up in, organically in conversation, um, that a lot of journalists don't apply it. And you will find different manuals of style, like the Chicago Manual of Style, the AP Manual of Style, and it depends on what that style book says, right. whether they're going to apply, you know, the well, Oxford comma or certain, any any type of, you know, stylistic element in writing. It really is driven much by the style of, you know, the entity that's you know, overseeing the writing, if that right. makes any sense. No, it makes a yeah. lot of sense. Fun. See, Judy yeah. 411's got all the answers. I love it. I Great do. stuff. I do. Isn't it crazy? Like, <laughs> I can now give you, like, this crazy history. This yeah, is amazing. I mean, I, my, You're going to have your own, like, urban dictionary one day. The Judy 411 dictionary. Like, I see it. I totally see it. Just putting it out there. Oh, I'm going to want, uh, well, let's just say it's going to happen. It is. There's going to be some way around making that. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm going to support it. I'll be, like, one of your backers for that. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> okay, so what are your top three personal goals as a writer? That's a really, really interesting question. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is that you know, I personally spent a lot of time hiding. I was hiding these personal stories that I tell on my blog, judy411.com, um, and I was really kind of hiding what I really wanted to do. So I, I made a lot of choices on what was practical and what was necessary, and um, I kind of put my own needs and wants to the side, but that was a form of hiding. Like, it's like you kind of manifest your own destiny when, you know, through your thoughts and actions, right? Yeah. And so the, the, the number one thing is that I am no longer hiding. So that's my biggest personal goal as a writer is to make sure that I'm announcing myself as my authentic self and putting, my, and putting myself out there, you know, Scars and all, mm-hmm. and making sure that the message is, is clear, and that I'm not like running around in secret. So that's my biggest, um, that's my biggest priority. Yeah. Um, and, and I lend that to when I work with clients. I want to make sure that they also feel like they aren't hiding. Um, the other thing is that when I'm writing for clients, I want to make sure that they feel that they're heard. And I, I take a lot of time listening to what they have to say. And it's, it's just important for them to be seen by their ideal customer. And in order to do that, I really have to hear what it is that they're looking to do so we can kind of craft who that person is in the world and craft a message that speaks to that person. Right. And, and I think the other value, the, the real big value for me is that I hold, I really try very hard not to hold any ego in the process. So... A lot of times people say, because I have such a big personality, they presume that I bring that big personality to every kind of writing that I do. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, that works really well. But in other cases, it doesn't. And I want you know, people to feel like the message that's being portrayed is their message. Right. And not everything I have is in the business of promoting something with a big personality behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have clients who are in, you know, say the mortgage industry. That's not a place where um, laughs and jokes are terribly welcome. So we're not going to be talking about, um, you know, anything in a really funny form. We're being very factual. We're, you know, we're using elements of story to explain concepts, but we're not making it like a three-ring circus. Right, right. So right. balance. And so when I... When I'm doing the writing, I'm just making sure that I'm making sure that the message that gets imparted is not anything that has to do with me, has to do with the client. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I just kind of divorce my ego from it. 
Well, I think you're doing a great job. I mean, clearly. I mean, Judy, tell everybody how long you've been on your own doing this now. It's still new. I, I know. I've been, I mean, probably, I mean, in this iteration of myself as Judy 401, I mean, it really has been a slow boil for probably about a year, but it really has started to launch into the stratosphere in the past few months. Like I mean, it's awesome. Someone, yeah. It's so awesome. Like, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so exciting. And then they're like, how can you help me with this? And how can you help me with that? And, and it just lends itself to, it, it. in some ways, it's like almost like the word doctor. You know, when you see a doctor at a cocktail party, aren't you sometimes, like, tempted to ask them for advice? Yeah. Like, I know I am. <laughs> and, you know, like, I met, I met one today, and I was like, oh, you know, can I ask you this real quick question? Which, of course, is like the kiss of death when I hear, can I ask a quick question is never a quick question right right oh my god so funny oh right um but i feel like when people hear that you're a writer it's all of a sudden oh my god it it becomes like i always joke it becomes like the writing confessional Mm -hmm. people go oh i feel like i can't do this i don't know what to do about semicolons like can you help me with this i have this great idea and then it just kind of lends itself to this natural conversation so it it and most of the time people are asking questions just like you did do I put a period when it comes to quotation marks? And when I, I mean, it's a legit thing, though, especially like for people that write things for their websites and stuff. It, it's a common thing, especially if you're quoting people, right? I feel like that's important to know. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it. And it's just good to know that you can turn to somebody. And I mean, a lot of times people call me like, I just have this, and sometimes they do truly a quick question, like, do you hyphenate this or not? And, um, you know, Sometimes that's a real simple yes or no, um, but but most of the times it really does lend itself to a larger conversation where people start to say, oh, wow, you know all this stuff, and then they're like, oh, well, can you help me by writing this? And it just it, it's just so interesting to me to see how it all comes together. Manifests. I know. It really is. It's so, so fascinating to me to just witness how it all happens. Well, you're a, you're a book full of knowledge, that's for sure, and beyond. So what is your biggest fail? We won't call it like a failure, but I think lesson learned thus far as a writer. Yeah, well, it's funny because it, it, I, don't, I don't actually think of many things as a fail. I agree. I, I agree. think of them more in the terms of feedback, mm-hmm. not like, you know, annual review, which is, you know, the, the corporate fees term of things, but... I, I tend, tend to think of it as, like, when something doesn't go as planned, I'm like, what is the universe trying to tell me when this particular thing isn't working out? Right. And I think biggest, you know, piece of feedback that I have learned is that I, I think I spent a lot of time hoping to be discovered. Like, you spent, there's a lot of narrative out there, you know, which is different than story. Like, narrative is kind of almost self-created, like, is in a lot of narrative to me is rooted in misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of narrative out there that when these writers, you know, start launching themselves into the universe, that, you know, these are people who were, you know, struggling their mom lives and writing stories and working jobs they hated, and all of a sudden, boom, they're famous writers. Like, it's right. like this weird version of Cinderella tale. And I somehow was like, sitting around thinking, well, if I write this blog post and someone's going to read it, and next thing you know, I'm going to be on Oprah. And that's not how it works, right? You have to... But consistency is key, right? More than that. Totally. Yeah, there's no knight in shining armor that is going to come in, like, suddenly... there's There's no book publisher standing outside my door right now. Like, you have to make it happen yourself. Um, One day, Judy, for you. One day. One day, one yep, day. We'll that's see. the new we'll attitude. See. New attitude. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have to. You really have to be devoted to promoting yourself. You mm-hmm. have to be willing to put yourself out there. And interestingly enough, this was really hard for me. I think this is a piece of me that was always caring for other people, like my mom or my kids or this one or that one or and so I kind of always put my needs last and I felt like you know maybe the universe was going to somehow pay me back by having this you know book publisher show up one day but um what I really discovered was that you know I, I was feeling like I didn't deserve to have my needs met and I had to really change the tape in my head and say you know 
you deserve to have your needs met. You deserve to like have good things happen to you, but only you can really make them happen. Right. So that's kind of the the, the mind shift that I made to, to to kind of when I when I received that feedback, that's what it it propelled me to do. Right. And I think, I mean, just like what you were saying, like you're really blossoming now. I mean, to only be a year and be as successful where you are in your business is something to be really proud of. You know, like people take, they say the entrepreneurial journey takes like five to seven years to really start taking off, you know? So like be proud of where you're at. And like, I can't even imagine where you're going to be in five years, you know, like look at it from that attitude too. So. Yes. Yes. And I've learned the art of accepting a compliment, which is thank you. And thank you for noticing. Yeah. I I love that. Yes, yes. Good attitude. So what is a common theme that you see your clients struggle with when it comes to writing their about me sections in their profiles? Well, I just literally mentioned this. I was at a networking group this morning, and um, we were talking about the about me section of people's business profiles. And I said, you know, the about me is really a misnomer. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's about your customer. Right. People sit down thinking they're going to write their about me. It's going to be about me. And it's not, it's about who you're trying to attract. And I think a lot of times people do this, what I, the, the, what I call it is the draft and dash. Like they just throw anything up there and cross their fingers and hope and quickly cobble together some copy and just think, oh, this will be good enough and people will know what I mean. And um, those are definitely like, red light phrases for me when I hear people talking about that. I'm like, yeah, you really need to hone it down to something as simple as what pain point do you address? How do you do it? And what transformation can people expect when they work with you? And that's kind of those nuggets. Once you answer those three questions, then you're prepared to really discuss yourself in ways that will attract people to you as opposed to just kind of shouting yourself out into the abyss. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it's really, really good advice because I think people also think that they know it all. And when it comes to writing, if it's not being translated a certain way, it's not going to be received that way, right? It, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, and I'm a writer, and some, I mean, I lean on other writers very often. Mm-hmm. I mean, writers tend to travel in a pack. Um, they tend to be able to sniff each other out at Starbucks when they're working, and we all know who is doing what in, you know, who writes in what space, and we kind of lean on each other in that way. But very often, you know, you, you even as a copywriter myself, if I'm writing my own copy, I always run it by another copywriter because right. I don't want to fall into that trap of, and particularly when you're 2D four and one, you're expected to know all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't always know all the things. It's so you so need true. A, you know, just need a mirror mm-hmm. to really reflect back to you what, um, what people see. Right. Well, great insight on that. So now tell us about your profile polish that you offer clients. How do people sign up and what does it entail? So the, pro, uh, the Profile product, Polish product, which is a great um, tongue twister on top of everything else, <laughs> is for anyone with existing business profile that's not getting them the traction that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are usually people who are spending a lot of time explaining and re-explaining their business to people or not getting qualified leads. Um, and in short, these people who are not getting their – they're not attracting their ideal client. So – Typically what I do is I give them an hour of writing time. So for $97, I'll work with them to polish the existing pros that they, so that they can attract their ideal customer. Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to those um, three elements I discussed earlier. What pain point do you solve? How do you do it? And what's the result? Mm-hmm. And when I tell people like, what transformation should your clients expect when they work with you, they're like, oh, well, their life is going to be easier because I help them meal plan. Or, you know, they're going to have a lower mortgage payment because I help them refinance. And, you know, all these, they can easily come up with what it is. And once I grab those words from them, I'm able to infiltrate them into the copy. And Mm -hmm. then they have a much better chance of attracting the customer that they want instead of the one they happen to be getting. Right. Right. It's the, that's why they need Judy in their life, Judy 411, because the little tweaks that you make, it can make such a big it difference. Goes, the good word of Judy 411, as I like to say. I know. I love it. Such great insight. 
Okay, so what's next for Judy? Like, you're a facilitator for Pepperlane. Like, tell us more about what you're, what's coming up for you. Uh, so if there's anything I love almost as much as the written word, it's like talking to people about their businesses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, literally fascinated by entrepreneurs and how they do things and how they get things done. Like, I could watch Shark Tank on loop for the rest of my life and be completely happy. <laughs> I kind I of agree. Love I love that show, too. Yeah, I mean, I just love, I, actually, my younger daughter um, is obsessed with um, Shark Tank, and Kevin O'Leary was at the Chevalier Theater in Medford, where we live, um, a couple months ago, and we went to go see him, and he's just such a charismatic speaker to begin with. Like, he could read the phone book and be fascinating. Right. But, <laughs> um, but, the, but that whole show, I just love watching all these people come on and, like, talk so passionately about their business and I think that's what drew me to Pepper Lane was that they're really passionate about people about women who are in business for themselves mm-hmm. and um, as part of the, the Pepper Lane you know network they've been really instrumental in helping me launch my business up to the next level because before I was kind of like well I got some good word of mouth and things like that you know it's kind of not that I was like half in but I just didn't really know what I was doing right I just really operated as a writer before at this level mm-hmm. but what I love about Pepperland is like literally being tapped in to business school all the time right like they literally have these pathways that teach you how to attract more customers how to retain more customers how to close more customers like all these great pillars you know, strong pillars of business um, and it's great to connect with like-minded women um, who are in the same boat and you know the Pepper Lane booths are fabulous ways to connect with other women entrepreneurs and get their ideas on your business struggles and challenges and how you can move things forward one step at a time and it just it's so manageable and measurable working within that forum it's been truly truly um instrumental in in helping me launch things forward because Mm -hmm. what's funny is that not not a lot of people know this but my life as judy phone is like my third go around as an entrepreneur (laughs) so there's a little known secret um when my kids were small i was a wine consultant love it the top of (laughs) yes i um i worked with traveling vineyard as one of their consultants and that was, I mean, it was a load of fun, don't get me wrong, but it's really hard to be marketing wine and not drinking a lot of wine. Right. <laughs> with motherhood and, like, get good sleep and take care of small people. So, I mean, that was a great, it was a fun, you know, fun part-time job. Um, and then I was a consultant um, for a few years and uh, doing um content management in financial services and then actually then that morphed into my own paralegal practice so that was really like my second go around as a as an entrepreneur but this time I really feel that because I'm plugged into the Pepperlane network and their whole forum and marketplace and and all the great things that happen with them is that I have such a I feel so legitimized as a business owner like I think I don't know. This is a, definitely a feeling for me. I'm like, am I like faking it over here? Like, am I faking it till I make it? Like, what's happening? And when you are able to connect with other people who are in the same situation, as you like just trying to create a business on their own, it's such an isolating experience. But with Pepperlane, you really have an, this entryway into a huge community of people you can bounce ideas off of or learn ideas by or show them like a piece of copy and does this make sense for you right um, there are just so many great things about the whole network that have helped me so much as a business owner no it's so um, awesome which propelled me to become a leader in the community so i actually lead pepper lane booth in melrose mass once a month and that has been a load of fun because you know i get to be you know really plugged into the community and really start talking with more women in and around medford who are in business for themselves that don't have to feel like they're by themselves. Right. Um, and you get people from really all good. random places. And tell them what days of the month you usually do them, by the way. Do them the fourth Tuesday of the month. For March, it's going to be an online boost, um, given 
be public health concerns at the moment, mm-hmm. but we're I'm sure we'll be moving back into um, an in-person forum soon enough. And so it's generally the fourth Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. at 10 Chipman Ave in Melrose, which is the real estate office of Juliet Leiden of Juliet & Co., which is part of the Compass Network. And she has a great space um, called Sabine, and it is kind of a community gathering space where, that she allows people in the community to use her space for networking events and um, book readings and all sorts of, you know, great um, happenings around town. So it's been a really fun opportunity for me to, you know, connect with people in person because, you know, as I like to say, the writing life is a lonely one. Mm-hmm. You can be sitting here talking to yourself all day long. Um, a lot of creative so juices flowing, but not talking to anybody physically, right? So that's a big difference. Right. And when yeah. you're an extrovert like me, you do need to have that, that balance. Connection. Yeah. So it really is a great compliment to my business because I'm able to kind of continually hone my, my pitch and I get lots of great ideas for new products and services that I can offer people. And it's just been really instrumental in helping me move things forward. Well, it's Judy's meetups have been so awesome. I could not say better things about them. So everybody definitely needs to check them out. So, Thank okay. You. I want to ask about your biggest hit stories on your blog in game time. So let's just first close out with how can people get in touch with you for a consultation, ask you questions, typical Judy 411 things, follow you on social media, tell us all that stuff. Sure. So I can be reached most directly at, by email at judy, J-U-D-I, at judy411.com. And the Judy and the Judy 411 is also with an I. Um, and I'm on Facebook. Um, the Judy 411 business page is a good place to, to plug into. I have a couple of regular posts that happen during the week. I'm starting up a Dear Judy 411 advice column given the plethora of texts and emails I get from people or just stopped on the street with how do I use an apostrophe or, you know, different, you know, grammar things that come up for folks. Um, And on Instagram, I'm the same as at Judy underscore 411. And those are the main channels for me. I'm on Twitter a little bit, but I don't really get a lot of traction out there these days. I feel like there's so much other stuff eclipsing the conversation that I'm trying to have. I get I that. I really try to keep in, in Facebook and Instagram. I do some, and I'm actually also on LinkedIn for the professional community because I do a lot of, um, you know, writing for people. Obviously for the, you know, Profile Polish speaks to a lot of, you know, business pages that are existing on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, everybody needs to follow Judy 411. Every, they can even just Google Judy 411 and they will find all the information they need. What do you know? So exactly where you'll find it's true. Are you ready for game time? I am ready for game time. Okay, good. So there's no like limit with how fast you have to answer these questions. This is just a fun way for all of us to get to know you outside of your awesome career that you have. So let's first talk about your three biggest hit stories on your blog that you have to date. So tell us a little bit about these amazing subjects and topics that come up that are true life stories, which I love so much. (laughs) The one that, Every single day of my life, this one comes up, is that the, 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 top, the top story of all time is my Jewish kid, which speaks about my older daughter, Ruth, who decided when she was five that she wanted Santa to bring her a menorah for Christmas <laughs> and decided that I was not going to argue with a five-year-old about what she wanted for Christmas, but I told her, of course, Santa is going to bring you a menorah, um, which led us to becoming, as I like to call ourselves, the, uh, the wannabe Maccabees of Morrison Street. And um, she, we, she got a menorah for Christmas, and I totally thought it was going to be a phase, but it, it was not. It grew into <laughs> life journey. A Part of her, you're all it, life journey. <laughs> I'm, it is complete life journey, and it went on for years, and it turned into an annual Hanukkah party, that was attended by exactly zero Jewish people, but 100% Irish Catholic kids whose dads all were from Ireland, literally. This was not the immigrant experience they signed up for, but it was the one they got. 
and um, but that's that's my life. Um, but yeah, because she um, and it, it turned into everything. Like once people, it's like when people discover that like you collect like owls or something, they, they keep giving you things that look like that. People would send us menorahs. People would send us um, you know all sorts of we got teddy bears with yarmulkes on them. And then Passover somehow came into our house and. Like and then you sent out holiday like, cards. Wait, I'm throwing this out there with Shalom on them, right? And Didn't our, we? <laughs> actually, our holiday cards actually to like, which I think did confuse my um, Irish in-laws a little bit. But they have just kind of learned. They've kind of learned to roll with it with me. Um, <laughs> but that that's always been the number one story. People will stop me on the street. People who haven't seen me in a while, they're like, "Hey, how's your Jewish daughter?" <laughs> I'm it's like, so hysterical. Oh, she's no longer. I'd as a Jew, but that's okay. I still feel like she's always going to be a little bit Jewish. But right. That's always been that's <laughs> been the number one um, story consistently on the blog. The second one was one that I just posted about recently with um, my about my younger daughter and how we gave her a fake birthday um, so that she would start a new preschool with um, minimal amount of fuss. And um, she was trying to negotiate with me that she wasn't going to go to this new preschool until she turned four. So I said, well, you're so lucky your fourth birthday is on Friday. And it was a month before her birthday, her actual birthday. And But she was four. She didn't really know. So when you're that age, you just, your mom tells you it's your birthday, it's your birthday. Right. And, <laughs> right. So, um, and to this day, I don't even know where that idea came from. It was pure desperation. But the, but the fake birthday is a really funny story, largely because the people around me just somehow allow me to take them all hostage with me when I decided this was going to happen. Like, even the preschool teachers were like, okay, sure, we'll just tell her she's four years old until her real birthday in February. Okay, lady, whatever. Um, so there was that story. And then um, the, the, I think it, it, we're going for top three. The third one is um, the story about my father, my father, Bill H., because there is a great tradition in my family where, that he started um, unwittingly or unknowingly he signed everything to my mother, love your husband, Bill H. And we didn't really understand why he did this. Um, and when we finally asked him why he did this, he became rather indignant and decided that, okay, fine, I'll just sign all of your cards this way. So to this day, my father is, is, has long since left this earth, but he remains alive and well in this tradition of we sign every card to each other. I love family. that. I'm Judy H to my my mom and my brother and um and actually even around the house sometimes if I'm if I sign a card to my kids I always love your mother Judy H love your wife <laughs> that's adorable I love it why not a way to remember somebody who's no, no longer on the earth it's still, true it's special I think it's it's I love it that's awesome all right now Is we're it? gonna ask you some fun questions Love the okay. stories. Um, so, Judy, wait. Okay. So, you upload the blogs weekly, right? Just so my audience knows. So, I'm usually, there's usually a story a week. So, okay. there'll probably be a, I, mean, I think I have one um, scheduled for Friday the 13th. Yeah, love so, it. Okay, cool. Soon. All right. So, what is Judy's favorite TV guilty pleasure? My favorite TV guilty pleasure? <laughs> no one's going to believe it, but it's absolutely true. Dog the Bounty Hunter. When I read this, I was laughing. I was like, this is hysterical. Okay, so for what reason? Tell me why. Okay, so, well, here's the thing. Like, I actually don't feel guilty when I watch it. Why should? I mean, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Guilt is a wasted emotion. But I think the reason that I love it so much is that of all the areas of law that I worked in, when I was a paralegal, criminal law was the one I didn't touch. Um, I really didn't want any part of it. I just. I kind of get that, to be honest with you. I kind of understand why. I'm like, I just can't really get on board with it. But although I'm a great, um, I I can come up with defenses, and maybe I've missed my calling. But um, but I want to, I kind of live vicariously through the whole Chapman family. I love when they're on their stealth missions to go find somebody, and they're driving around in their giant vehicles, and their hair's flying around, and there's tattoos all over the place. Like, I don't know, there's just something really... Um, otherly about it for me like it's not something that I would ever 
think to have as a profession. So, like, I watch them and I'm just fascinated. But I was really sad when Beth Chapman passed away a few months ago. I was, like, legit sad. I mean, I felt really bad. I mean, like, you, you become a part of it when you're a regular watcher, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I kind of get that. That's not weird. Exactly. Same thing with, um, I think, I felt this way about um, James Lipton and Inside the Actress Studio. That was another Oh, another. I know. I yeah. saw when you posted that. I was sad about that, too. I was so sad. I, I really was. He is such an unbelievable gem. And he was 93. I didn't think he was 93. But, wow. Um, Time but flies. Yeah, That's yeah. all you got to say with that, right? Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. What is Judy's favorite food? Okay, this is super hard <laughs> because I grew up in Fall River, Massachusetts, and I had a delicious childhood. <laughs> like, I grew up eating... Portuguese food and Lebanese food and Polish and Greek food and it's just really hard to decide but I think if I had to decide my all-time favorite is a fried egg sandwich and where it's do you so get this fried egg sandwich or do you make it so like that's you know popularly known as the egg McMuffin but I definitely don't like the McDonald's version of this but <laughs> to me it's the litmus test of every diner is the fried egg sandwich and it's a timeless meal like if you don't know what you want to eat make yourself a fried egg sandwich it's good for breakfast it's good for lunch it's good for dinner I remember when I was working in corporate life a couple of years ago I was in the elevator and someone had like had DoorDash bring them a fried egg sandwich I said that's genius he's like I didn't know what I wanted for lunch I got a fried egg sandwich but I'm (laughs) totally jealous like you can't beat a fried egg sandwich preferably bacon egg and cheese on an English muffin right to me I must know. I must know. I love it. All right. If you could spend a day with someone you haven't met yet, dead or alive, who would it be and why? This is so easy. David Sedaris. He is my favorite writer of all time. And I think what I love most about him is I can just relate so deeply to his stories because so many of them are rooted in family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot about what I write about, just like how things develop within your family and he's also hands down the best reader of his own work anywhere on the planet he he's just phenomenal if you are not already a fan of david sedaris i suggest going out today and buying the book me talk pretty one day and you will laugh until you cry he's just he's masterful in his art he's just so great um it would absolutely be him and i've seen him Here's a funny story. I've seen him live three times, including at Symphony Hall on the night that the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. So cool. Yep. Yep. And he was such a good sport, pun intended. Um, <laughs> in the middle of his reading, one of the ushers interrupted him to tell us what the score was. And he completely indulged it and told us what the score was. And we were all, like, cheering and happy. And then at the end... Um, in the Q&A, someone asked him, are you a Red Sox fan? And he said, I am today. And it was just, he's just, he's a delight. I love him. I love him. He's just, he's my favorite. Oh my God, I love it. Okay, what is your go-to must-have item you always put in your purse? Okay, well, it's, I mean, spring has sprung, but generally speaking right now, my car is my purse. Um, But (laughs) I usually have my wallet just thrown into my coat pocket. Um, But if there's anything... I'm pretty obsessed with lipstick, and I really, I really, really love Bobby Brown lipstick. Bobby Brown is just such have, a good brand. It's been around forever. It feels like, right? Timeless. Yeah, timeless. You know, she here's an interesting fact. Here we go with the Judy phone. She went to Emerson College. I made up her entire major. You're kidding? And I, oh, she went to Emerson. I have a master's from Emerson, so I'm kind of. I feel like I have a connection with her. Love it. I mean, <laughs> why don't you just reach out to her and do some Judy, Judy yeah, 411, come on. And when, she, <laughs> and when she started, she only had, like, a few colors. Like, she went with, like, absolute classic basics and then grew her brand from there. So I, I just love, again, I just love a business story. If there's anything I love. Same here. That is a really life. fun share, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. That was cool information. What is something you right, can't – oh, go ahead. No, I didn't want to interrupt. Lipstick, car lipstick. I've lipstick. So there's lipstick all over that. My kids are like, well, going into CVS, step away from the lipstick is pretty much what happens. You know what? All you need is a little color, and then you're all set to go for the day, right? Who cares? All you need. All you you're need. Absolutely right. 
All right, so what is something you can't leave your home without outside of your phone, keys, wallet, and lipstick? I cannot leave my house without my big, giant Jackie O sunglasses. <laughs> I love um, it. While I like to think it's the perfect incognito accessory, it's quickly becoming my signature stylish look. And literally in one of my lives this week, um, one of my super fans, Dina DeLilio, said that there needs to be a Judy Flom on Halloween costume. And at first I didn't know what she was talking about. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, we could all wear these big Jackie O sunglasses. And I tend to wear a lot of hoodies. And I say, and, and wear, wear a hoodie. And so it's, it's, those, those are the two things I'm usually carrying with me, a hoodie and um, my giant Jackie O sunglasses. I love it. And then you guys will all have people asking you on the street where to go, what to do, right? All the time. Like, I left my house the other day, and I was love to say, I was minding my own business, and a woman literally stopped her car and asked me if the mailman had come by. And I'm like, oh. now, granted, I was the only person on the street, but I was still like, why did you think that, like, just, I don't understand, like, people just asking, like, this random question, like, did the mailman come by? Like, I hadn't seen him. Like, how was I supposed to know if he did or not? Like, I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea what is about me. People feel compelled to come talk to me. I feel like that I, I'm obviously invisible ink on my head. Please come talk to me. I just don't know that it's there. But timeless mystery. I love it. That is a great, <laughs> great quote you need to use more in your everyday life. I love that. Timeless mystery. <laughs> Never know what's coming next. Never know. I love that. Oh, my God. You're so awesome. Judy, thank you so much for coming on today. Tell everybody again where they can reach out for a consultation and follow you on social media. So please come to the blog, www.judy411.com. That's where all the stories are. That's where you can connect with me. That's where you can sign up for my newsletter that comes out once a month. That's where you can schedule time to uh, for a consult, for a profile polish, or any of my other writing services that are listed up there. That's where that's probably the best one-stop shop for everything. Mm-hmm. I love it. Judy is the best and is full of knowledge as you learned today. So definitely reach out to her. And thank you again so much for coming on, Judy. You are awesome. And stay tuned for who's next on scene. <laughs> The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.